Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, you guys. I see all those comments. I'm going to go through a video targeting all the guys that you guys are thinking about picking up in your squad this week. Um, and we're going to talk about if they're a buy or not. And some of these guys, you know, I might be a little bit more conservative on. That doesn't mean they're a great buy, but I'm always considering the amount of trades people have in mind. So always, you always have that in the back of your mind too. If you're sitting with 15, 16, 17 trades, then you might be able to be a little bit more you know, free-flowing with your trades. If you're sitting with 12 or less, I think there's a bunch of people that could almost uh, run out of trades this week or, or be very very much close to with the, with the four available. So you know, try not to go trigger happy just for the sake of it. But there's your little um, disclaimer. But we're going to start with Greg Marzu and comes in with two really good games. Obviously scored a try in the first one and, and didn't in the second one, but seven tackle breaks in 213 metres. I think he's good enough to play at NRL level on the, on the offensive side. The defensive side, who knows, but that, you know, that whole team doesn't really play a lot of defence. So um, in terms of his fantasy scoring, he, he's, he's a beast, really. Like, that's what you guys were talking about. Tackle breaks, runs metres, and you know, a couple of line breaks in both of those, which is really good. So he has a negative break even. We'll make some cash. And if he stays in the team for the rest of the year, you'd probably expect him to end up somewhere in the 400s. You know, that's a, that's a sort of around that you know, thir- high 30s to 40 average, which could be pretty, pretty simple and pretty good there. And he could be, you could class him as maybe like your, you know, your wing fullback cover if you have anyone that goes in, gets injured. And especially if you're sitting there with, with limited trades, then yeah, take this information for what you will. I personally won't be picking him up, but I know a lot of people are interested slash already have, them, already have him in their sides. So the other one to think about there is probably gained a little bit too much cash now, but that's Carl Lawton. And a 545k, the three games he's played, he's got 43, 67, and 62 with a couple of tries, a line break in each, plenty of tackles, you know, running the ball pretty well. See someone that's you know, going to make a, a decent amount of cash. There's actually 3%, so three of the teams in the top 100 have him, which is very interesting. And they, you know, they've, they've gone all in on, on someone like Lawton and it's kind of paid off with, with Siren and not being back you know, according to schedule, and also Schuster being uh, out for another week. So Lawton gets the starting spot again. Will he lose it come 
yeah, we'll even head back to the bench when Schuster comes back. And I think that's a yes. And that's what I've been saying this whole time. So I don't think he's a great option, but you know, he's going to score well in his time on the park. And if there happens to be another injury, then he's going to stay there. You know what I mean? So you can keep that in mind, but not someone that I'll personally be picking up at this stage. Um, I had a few people mention about Campbell Graham. And, and I think for me, it's just more a little bit around the wait and see category for, for Graham. He's a high break even as we know, which makes sense with him you know, coming back and only hitting a 32, 20, and 27, his last three. But he went on a little bit of a tear there from round four onwards. So 42, 63, 28, 43, and 58 was really, really solid. And, and that only included two tries as well. So, you know, a bunch of tackles there and running for over 100 metres every time as a centre is a really nice base there. And he's someone that, doesn't, yeah, that does play in round 17, which is great. Um, but I think you can wait until he gets a little bit lower in price. If you can pick up someone like Graham, who was a keeper at the back end of last year for someone near the for somewhere near the 400k mark then he could be he could be a great pickup as maybe he's your, your backup center you know so if you're only sitting there with two right now and don't have the cash to pick up someone someone else and you happen to lose one of those guys for a week or two he could be someone to just sit there and and could come in and score well uh, for your squad so that's that one there Move on to Tommy Deard in four ten. I think he's got a little bit more cash to lose as well. I don't think they're going to get beat up as much as they did on the weekend, and he did pick up twenty nine. So that included six missed tackles, which he won't have as many as that. If you look to his games, you know, for the Broncos in the past, he's had two games there with six missed tackles out of what his thirty games. So that's that's the most he's had, tied most he's had ever. Uh, didn't kick the ball too much. Again, they just didn't have the ball a lot. So I imagine his score will increase a lot. I'm expecting somewhere near the 40 mark this week. So we, I think we watch him this week, and then he becomes, a, a, again, a possible option as a cash cow slash a, you know, a cover half player uh, who's going to play in round 17. So think about that for Dearden over the next few weeks. All right, Tamalolo. A few people have been asking me about him, and is he worth a pickup this week? And he's, look how high his break even is. You know, Up in the 70s this week, is owned by three three people in the top 100 as well, which is interesting, just with how poorly he's been playing. But, you know, you've got 54, 60 minutes, and there's 29 and 39. Obviously a sin bin in that one, but, you know, would have been somewhere in the mid-30s, which is not not good enough for someone like Taumalolo in general, right? Just hasn't had the tackle-busting and offloading ability that he has in the past. You're sitting, You see there the majority of games in previous years, he's sitting at four or five, you know, Four is very much his standard sort of you know, tackle-busting game with a, some higher games in there with random tries. So you can tell that he's only had one really good game this year, and that was you know, when he was over 200 metres. He's only done that once this year, which is really strange. And you look at that couple of games last year, round two and three, 345 and 290 metres, which is crazy. So I think personally, you don't pick him up until he gets back to that you know, tackle-busting best and running the ball more. You know, he's, he's missing out on close to 10 points in run metres, and then you'd say another nine to 10 in... Uh, in tackle bus as well. And, you know, that gets him up into the, you know, if you just base it on his 54 minutes last game, you're looking at a score of 60, which is very much normal around his average. I think he's, he's an over 60s kind of player and he's only averaging 45 this year. So until that happens, I don't, I don't think he's worth bringing into your side. He could come good this week, but we never know. So I'd be waiting for Tamalolo at this stage. We move on to Jesse Raymond at 583k. Same story as last week. I still think he's a great buy. He's had one game of 13 where he was kind of their best player in that 27 minutes. Uh, the rest of his scores have been, you know, 32 in a 70-minute effort. But any 80-minute efforts, he's been 48, you know, 41 plus from, from, that, from, that there, from that score last week onwards. So he's a, he's a great option. Tackle buster. He's got three games over 10 tackle breaks already. So um, an awesome option for anyone. So I had a 583. Obviously, it'd be expensive when you can go for someone like Avrilo, for example. 
uh, who's that little bit more expensive and playing in the actual halves and kicking the ball. So not really too much more to say on Avrilo. Obviously started poorly. 20 in a 19. I traded him out after round three, of course. And he's done this ever since. So a low score of 30 in there uh, at 5-8 where he didn't, have, he didn't get to kick the ball as much. But that last, you know, last four games has been incredible. And I'd expect more scores around this 50-odd. You know, he's not going to score a couple of tries every week, but you know, a few goals, kicking for you know three to four hundred meters, making some tackles, making some more runs. Uh, I'd be expecting that from him. So if you're looking at that for someone in the centres, he's owned by sixty-seven people in the top hundred. So you know, makes complete sense why they're in the top hundred because Avrilo has been an absolute tear, and I think you know most people should have him in their squad this week. Uh, if you need a if you need a centre or a half, I think either way you can pick him up. I don't know how I'm going to get him in personally, but I'm kind of just hoping that. Cole Flanning gets named and, and they share the duties, that would be ideal, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen, uh, especially after winning a game in that last one. Okay, Simonson, here we go. He's just never been a great scorer. That's my, that's my little climb against him. Look at this. One good game at a winger. And he had a 49 with a double, but a 59 in a normal kind of you know, one try, a couple of line break games. There's so many games in the... In the in the teens, in the single single digits in eighty minutes, he just scares me. Like, yes, I understand he had absolute belter on the weekend. Couple of couple of triceps, couple of line breaks, you know, two hundred and forty three meters. He's not going to do that every week. Yes, they play was the Dragons this week, and that might be a fairly easy game for him. But look at the scores this week. Yes, I understand he's on the wing, but how many good wingers do we have? Do you, you know? Do we ever complain about Josh Mansour or To'o or these kind of guys on the wing? You know, Nofaluma before this year. If you're a good fantasy scorer, you're a good fantasy scorer. Yes, a change of position can help, but I don't see it improving him that much to be like a 40-point scorer. I see him probably averaging somewhere where Aikens was in that in that mid uh, mid 30s sorry. And and that him at 358, that's just not enough. Like if he continues to get 35 to 40 at each of the next bunch of weeks, he only makes 100 or so thousand. Yes, he's going to play round 17 for you, but and I think it's crazy that 18% of people have him in the top 100, but yeah, again, that's my opinion. I just don't, I'm just not going to make decisions on these types of players that have played for years and haven't scored very well at all to then move, just change position and in a team that's not doing very well and expect him to do, to do great going forward. I'm just not going to do it, unfortunately. I'm not going to pick him up. And yes, they might bite me in the bum, but you know, the majority of times, the reason I'm making these decisions and saying this is because in the past they haven't done that well and that's why I won't do that. Uh, Talakai, high break even. That's the only one to think about here with him. Scores haven't been amazing this year. You're looking at you know, minutes off the interchange and, and tackles have been down really low, which is interesting. And meters gained have been high. So good to see that that's happening, but his PPM hasn't been strong at all. If we look at the PPM of 0.56. So if he's playing 80 on the edge, you're going to be seeing a, uh, some scores in the 40s, which, you know, after the next few weeks, if we can see his scores pop up into that 40s, he's going to lose a little bit more cash. If you get him around 350K, Scores in the mid-40s is going to see him make about 150K, a little bit more, right? Will that be enough? So will you be able to you know, bring him in and get him as a scorer over the next few weeks in round 17 as well? And then are you going to be looking to trade him out? The good thing is with Talakai, as we look at scores last year, especially through the back end, we've got a bunch of high 30s. Then we have you know 80 minutes in the second row there with 68, 34 in that time. We've got a 65 off the interchange, a 42, a 76, 59, and a 42 in the, in the lock role there so he actually played a really really substantial role for for the Sharks fans and, and if you talk to any of them they'll be you know they'll say they, they love him as a player 
He's obviously coming off a bit of an... Uh, was he suspended? And then a little bit of an injury in there. So, you know, came back for two games and didn't play the next bunch. So he's only played four games this year. And you imagine he starts to, to get into his work a little bit more. And he had his first game on the weekend with, with 58 minutes. So I'd be expecting him to improve on his scores and improve, obviously, on his minutes. Now that Wade Graham's look, should be out for a pretty long time, you'd imagine, with all the, you know, how the concussion protocol has been going. So um, Talakai becomes a very interesting option as someone who plays 17. And I'd probably be waiting a week or two, but he's definitely on my radar going forward. Uh, I had a question on Sean Johnson, and they asked me, you know, in relation to my, my previous video about, you know, the amount of keepers in my side is, you know, would I class Johnson as a keeper if I'm bringing him in now? And I definitely think so, yeah. So if you're looking at him starting to play a lot better, you can see that obviously the last two games, uh, the last, sorry, the last three games he's played, he has taken over the kicking with Townsend being out and, and Moylan being his partner. So in that three-game stretch, he's got a 39, 57, and 71. And what you see there is that first game, just not much else happening, right? A few errors there. Uh, sorry, an error and a missed tackle. 43 metres, 412 kick metres, 15 tackle breaks. You can see that is probably his, uh, his flaw within the potential for any attacking stat. So he had no goals that game. When you look at the next game, he has six goals and a tri-assist. Four missed tackles in that one, and he still managed to get 57, right? And going off early. The next one here, he's got a few more attacking stats, but that base is still there. 15 tackles, 46 metres, right? That's, that's there every week, and the kick metres are going to be 400 plus. So if you can uh, expect about a 40 floor, and you will expect some games to be around there, but then you're going to expect the games around the 60 to 70 mark and an average of somewhere in the 50. So if you think that's going to be enough for your side, picking up someone at 619k, as a keeper in your team, then go for it. I think that's a good option for anyone's squad, definitely, if you need that half cover. Um, slash, you know, you don't want to spend up and get like a DCE or something like that. Next one's going to be Joey Manu and moves back to the centers this week. So for anyone who's interested in him, I'd probably wait. Yeah, I suppose you get him on a little bit of a lower break even this week and, and he'll make a little bit of cash. But I also think there's so many other good centers that I'd probably go for them, like a Ramian, Bird, uh, Avrilo. These types of players I'd go before Manu, and you can see, yeah, in the top 5,000, only 2.74% own him. So, yes, I'm in that top 5,000. Dropped out of the 1,000 this week, unfortunately. But, yeah, that's that with Manu. With Manu. I just think there's a couple other better options who, who I prefer to have over Manu, even though he's had a bunch of good weeks lately. Um, Adam Kieran and Verrill. So they're now next to, like, sort of combination in the in the nine role for the, for the Roosters. And it'll be interesting to see if he goes back to that sort of 50 to 60-minute role. Um after you know, the minutes he's been playing so far. Obviously, the one on the weekend was his best game of the season. And what we're seeing here is him you know, getting back to kicking the goals full-time, and he's definitely their best kicker. So I think for them, they, they're going to want him on the park a little bit more, and they, and they kind of went, all right, well, if you're going to be in the park a lot more, you're going to be, um, we need you to do something out of dummy half. And he really did that in, in his kicking game. I thought it was really strong, and um, yeah, it just did a really good job. So I'd expect him to play some decent minutes. Will he play about 60? If he does that... And he can clean up those missed tackles a bit, which was a bit high on the weekend. I think he can he can be someone that averages around that mid-30s to 40s and could be a solid cash-out option. But then the question is, does he lose his starting spot to two Verrills? But the question will then will be, who ends up keeping, kicking? And, and at the moment, uh, Sam Walker's in there, but he's not too, uh, not too great on the old kicking tee at this stage. Why is Verrills not in here? There he is. I don't know why that wasn't coming up. Um, Sam Verrill's 254K, so obviously a pretty solid cash out as well. And if you 
need a player for round 17, he could be a man to play some big minutes. He did get 50 minutes for 29 score in round 8 in this year. But we look at what happens when he plays some decent minutes in the past. And uh, there's some you know, 80-minute games for 44, 68, 60, uh, 40, uh, 40 there in 76 minutes. So not a massive scale of, of games to go through. But in all in all, he's, he's going to be a solid player. 254K, you're not really going to go wrong. He's going to play in 17 if he's, if he's not injured. Let's just hope he, he manages to stay on the park. He's only played two games this week. I think you can hold off on him. And, yeah, do you hold off on Kieran? I think I, don't, I really don't think there's a lot of great cash-out options this week, but they're kind of the two guys that I'd be thinking of at this stage that are going to be playing in 17. You'd imagine they both play in some capacity. Um, yeah, that's about it. Obviously, they don't have, like, Walker and, and Lamb playing Origin, so there's no real chance for Kieran to play in the seven role. So, yeah, it's a hard one there as to who who should, who should pick or who, if you should go with any of them at this stage. Uh, Cody Nikarima, interesting one, just with the fact that uh, CHT went down. He scored really well all the season. He's averaging, what, 53. So if you if you had him at the start, which not many people do, 0.4% of people in the top 5,000, if you did that, you, you're really happy with his scoring. And, and you look at what what's happened in general, he actually, the last bunch of games, has kicked the ball less in play. And is that because of Reese Walsh being part of it when he was playing six? Is it because CHT's back? So let's have a little look at what happens when when he's not in the team. Obviously, they you know, got beat on the weekend. He still did score well, but just has more involvement. He, has, he tackles obviously stay the same, but the run meters are, are sort of up and down on a regular basis. But he's going to be kicking the ball a lot more, which he was at the start of the season. And a bunch of these games are when Sean o- O'Sullivan was in there, and he was sort of that was splitting the role two hundred, three hundred each, two fifty. So. You can expect a little bit from him, but I'd expect an average uh, very similar to what he's doing right now. So not too much to talk about on Nico. Joshy Curran at 5.20. So it looks like he's going to maintain this type of role, I think. And, and it'll be interesting to see what happens because Bailey Siren Bailey end up playing the 80, which I don't think he would have. So I'm assuming Curran will play this kind of role, starting in the lock, moving to the, to the edge and, and getting sort of 60 minutes. And I think he can average somewhere in the 40s. I don't see him averaging 50-plus unless he's on the edge full-time, like for the 80 minutes a game. 22% have him in the top 100, which is interesting. But, yeah, I think he'll make a little bit of cash, but he won't be a keeper. And, I, I yeah, I just don't see him being worth it in, in people's squads this week. Yeah, last week was a, probably a solid option. You, you gained a little bit of cash from that, but I don't know. It's hard. He obviously plays 17, but I, I, know you, I just think you're going to have to trade him out afterwards. Uh, or he's like an 18th or 19th man, averaging sort of mid-40s, but... That's that there. And our last one is going to be Lukey Thompson. 55 average. Just had a lower game on the weekend, but also the game before. So less uh, less attacking stats, as you can see. No offloads and only one tackle break in the last two games. Meters were still up there. Tackles were fine. Just, yeah, just, it just hasn't happened the last two weeks. And if you think that's going to, he's going to go back to normal, uh, then I think you can keep him as an average of six, uh, 55 there. And the only thing to think of is there is he's got a higher break even this week after a couple of lower scores. And and I don't think his price gets any higher than what it is. Maybe 700 max over the next you know 10 or so weeks. But anything other than that, I don't think so. So if you like, him, if you like him as a player and if you, you want him as a little bit of a pod in the top 5,000, he's owned by 8.7%, then go for it. But if not, that's all I've got for you. I hope this uh, helps, you know, in, you know, basing your decisions on the types of guys you're looking to buy this week. 
obviously there's a bunch bunch of people there in, in all different positions, but a lot of them are that sort of mid-range tier guys. We've got a few gun centers. we got you know gun half or two. But other than that, it's, it's mainly just um, you know, some fringe guys that we're looking to pick up for round 17. So I've had a bunch of questions about you know, how many guys, uh, is there many guys we can, we can use to cash out? But I really don't think so. You've got like Sawali uh, for 17. You've got the chances of Kieran and Verrills. Dearden could be a, a half a cash cow option. Talakai. So there's not too much there. But um, I think we're just going to wait until 17 and make your trades then and you know, use them as a cash out so you can maybe save some cash for around 18 and 19 so you can upgrade or you know just play it that way. But there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed that. Please hit like and subscribe if you are. I uh, really appreciate all the support so far, and we'll catch you in the next video. I'm going to talk about the guys I think you should really hold in your squad, especially if you're running out of trades. So look out for that one. We'll catch you then, guys. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.